This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, everyone. It's Michael Lester here. Now, in this special edition of, of the game on Sunday, we're going to pay tribute to Terry McCarthy, who passed away, of course, suddenly during the week and indeed before his time at the age of 57. Teddy, of course, wrote himself into the history books of the GEA in 1990 as the first and only player to win All-Ireland Hurling and football medals in the same season, in actual fact, within two weeks of each other. He also won nine Munster Championship medals between both codes, as well as a football all-star and a Texaco Player of the Year. Uh, as ever on this podcast, I am joined by Tomás Mulcahy and Pat Spillane. And as I said, lads, we're going to reflect on Teddy at this this very sad and difficult time, and particularly Tomás, uh, with your good self, because, of course, you were a friend of his. Yeah, Michael, um... I was in my own club last night, Glen Rovers in the Hurling Field. I'm, I'm a selector with the team there and we were finishing up our training and I had a couple of rings on my phone in my pocket and I didn't take them. Uh, I said I'd get back to somebody afterwards and then uh, Teddy's brother, Dennis, rang me and uh, he said, look, I need to talk to you urgently. Teddy has passed away and uh, massive, massive shock. Um, we're absolutely devastated, to be honest with you, Michael. Um, he was, he, look, we kind of pride ourselves in Cork in terms of sporting figures and sporting heroes and like the names of Ray Keane and Sanya Sullivan and Ron O'Gara and Rob Heffernan and all those international stars by their own right. But I, I think Teddy was up there with them in terms of Cartier because of what he, he achieved, his status in the game in terms of the dual player, the dual status. And um, it's it's just so, so sad. Um, I drove into Thurless on Sunday for the Cork under 20 match um, and believe it or not we didn't have tickets and uh, I got a nice little parking spot in the Greyhound tracks just across from the stadium and we walked up towards the um, 
towards the dome and uh, we made a great, uh, met a great friend of ours connected with Cork GA and uh, he supplied us with two tickets in the enclosure and um, we just loved it where we were. We had a cup of tea and a sandwich at halftime and um, Teddy met Sean Kelly, the former president, the current president, Larry McCarthy and all the great kind of GA people were there and um, we just loved it and getting the victory for Cork as well. We coming back in the car and we were chatting and how many guys will make it going forward, how many guys will make it at senior level. And uh, he was in great form, Michael in mighty form. And um, I could never kind of envisage that this was going to happen. As you said, 57 years of age, be 58 and taking the 1st of July. Um, and um, it's all taken away from him, unfortunately, you know, and it's also sad for, for everybody. And uh, all the good wishes are coming from everywhere, from Boston, New York, from around everywhere from Joe Bradley being on and Michael Dignan being on. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And, uh, his legacy is, I don't think he, he realized himself, Michael, what he had achieved and, and Pat, I don't know if from your side of it, in terms of like being the dual star, great battles against Kerry. And I'd be the first to say, like, he did tell me he hated Kerry, but he hated Kerry in, 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 in a right way was because of their football strength and because of the likes of a Jack O'Shea um, came up against Ambrose O'Donovan on numerous occasions, probably later on, Dara O'Shea. And uh, Teddy was, was was known for his high fielding, hurling and football. And um, he was just such a nice guy. And people at times, and I've kind of stated this already um, at times as well, that people took him up the wrong way. They might have thought, yeah, he was cranky. He could, but he could, he could, he could walk past you without saying hello. You could have a massive, massive argument with him, but it was all good nature, and it was all he loved the passion and just loved the GA, and more importantly, I think he loved his club stars, and yeah. he loved his and he loved his family, his ex-wife Una, still great friends, uh, his sons Ian and Niall, and his daughter Sinead. I mean. I know him so well that he, he he was constantly talking about those and that how they would get on with in life and how they were born in life. And month, he was at the Kerry match in Parky Creeve on Saturday. He was in Turles on Sunday. And then his two sons were playing on Monday in uh, Emma Curtin Cup Junior Ch- Hurling Championship game with Passage. And he was at that game to see the two sons play as well. You know, So, um, I don't know. Look, there's no words can describe the legacy this man and I know sure Pat I, I, I don't know whether you knew him or not but I'm sure you saw him you saw him on the feed the play as well uh, I can only concur with what Tomas had said you know uh, we talk here on the podcast and we argue at games about uh, at matches about football and about players and it's like as if it's a matter of life and death winning and losing and it's not and it's only when the sad passing of, of a man at 57, still in his prime, uh, it suddenly it suddenly jolts you and it suddenly sets you back. That life is so, I mean, it's just so cruel. Uh, I just think back, you know, in the team that I was involved in, in football, we have lost three of our colleagues, John Egan, Paddy O'Shea, Tim Kennelly. And you know, when you're playing, and even after playing, because we were athletes, we were star footballers, there was that feeling of in- invincibility that you could never yeah. die. You know, yeah. great great stars, great footballers, great hurlers, they never die. And, and and this is a jolt as well, because you go, you look back 
at this great Cork football team that Teddy was involved in. And Teddy is now the third member, the third member of that team to die, along with Mick McCarthy and John Kerbin. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's just, what do I, you know, I, I, I compartmentalise a lot of things uh, about my footballing career. And let's say, put it bluntly or mildly, those years from 86 on to 1991, I sort of blanked out of my mind because Cork were beating us all the time. Teddy McCarthy was in his heyday. Uh, what do I remember about Teddy as a footballer? I just remember him as a warrior. And you cannot, I can tell you this, you cannot give a higher accolade and higher praise to a player than he was a warrior. Because warriors command respect. Respect from their teammates and respect from the opposition. And that's what Teddy McCarthy meant to us as Kerry people, a warrior. Uh, and what I can always remember is his fielding ability, his strength mm. and his fielding ability, his capacity to get so high off the ground. And there's a beautiful photograph I saw last night from the 1990 Munster football final in the Fitzgerald Stadium in Killarney, a packed terrace. And there is Teddy soaring over Ambrose. And he had some great battles with Ambrose. But in, in that picture, some of the greats of Gaelic football, Larry Tompkins is gazing up at him, Conor Coonan is gazing up at him, and Jack O'Shea, the great Jack O'Shea, is gazing up at this man in yeah. command of the sky. What a warrior. And, you know, I just think back to one comment about, I, I think it was I think it was from a Mayhall O'Murkity commentary, and I thought, you know, this was classic. Class, uh, classic Mihala Murkidic and classic Teddy McCarthy. And I'll give you the quote. Teddy McCarthy to Mick McCarthy. No relation. Mick McCarthy back to Teddy McCarthy. Still no relation. Teddy looks at the ball. The ball looks at Teddy. A yesterday got a van. Teddy a warrior. Yeah, Pat, that, that's, that's, that's brilliant to write. And I like um, Michael, some of the pictures and social media that are doing the rounds as well. Uh, and you're you're talking about the football and the fielding as well. And I often ask them the question, like, Teddy, how could you get so much of a spring off the ground? And he said to me, it was all about timing. When the ball was being kicked out, I always had the eye in the ball. When it left from the goalkeeper's foot, when it was going to arrive at a certain position in the field, and then I'd have my five yards or ten yards of a run to go up and climb. And like he did in football, he did it in hurling on numerous occasions. And there's one picture that I've seen in many places, bars and clubs, and is in his own club, Sarsfield, 1993 league final against Wexford. There's a picture of him catching a ball in the air, Michael, and his actual boot is actually touching the shoulder of one of the Wexford players underneath him. He went yeah. that hurry to actually collect the slitter. It's actually it, right, Tomas. Christy yeah. O'Connor had a lovely tribute to him today in the Examiner, and he talked exactly about that 1983 league final against Wexford. He says, McCarthy's left knee was 10 inches over the head of the Wexford player competing That's for right. the same ball. Like, what a... And, and sorry, finally, Tomas, and I know you'll know him a lot better, but like his achievement of winning an All-Ireland Senior Football Medal and an All-Ireland Senior Hurling Medal in the one year, ah, words fail me what a what a what, what a legacy what an achievement oh. it wasn't just that Pat because he won other All-Irelands in both codes as well you know so um, two in each I think Tomás was the yeah the he, he, Michael, Michael it, 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 
he played in 1986, the Ireland final against Galway uh, in 1986, um, and uh, I think he scored three points. But um, I think the memory at that time was uh, you wouldn't get away with it all. But he, um, we qualified in the All Ireland semi final, and uh, after the All Ireland semi final, uh, Teddy went to Johnny Clifford to say, "I'm going away now on a week's holidays." Um, I think he went off to Spain. Um, for a week's holidays before the All Ireland hurling final, and Johnny Clifford says to me, "Teddy, you're joking me? No, no, I'm, I'm booked. I'm going. I'm gone. I have, that's my time off work, and I'm going." And he went off, and he was still picked for the All Ireland final <laughs> when he came back, and he had a brilliant performance. And uh, eighty six and ninety, I've seen the hurling. Eighty nine in the football as well, and nineteen the football. And um, look, he he played hurling with schools at Not Monastery, Harty Cup winner, um, Sarsfield. He was a legendary figure with his club, and like he just the passion that he had and the conversation that you you could have with him, and um, it was just infectious. And uh, he just loved the sport, and he loved he loved Hark so much. My God, he used to go to every match like the last couple of years, and. Like, I think it's important to point out as well. Teddy had his own trouble two years ago. I mean, he had a tumor in his kidney. He had his kidney removed and the tumor removed. And like he he was he was at a low point in his life at that stage. And then he got the new good news that everything was good, everything was fine. And um, like even last Friday, um, a great friend of ours, uh, one of his colleagues, Jim Cashman, had his two knees replaced about a month ago still on crutches so we said we'd go and meet Jim for a cup of coffee um, in Black Rock I collected Jim at home we were down by, by Black Rock Castle overlooking Cock Harbour sitting down have a cup of coffee and there's Teddy arrives in, uh, on a bike he was cycling he was back cycling he did a lot of cycling that was his fifth day in a row that he'd been out on the bike he showed us he had a small fall during the week and there was a bit of a mark at the back of his leg but he was so proud in terms of like, look at me, I'm, I'm getting back into full fitness again. I love the cycling. It's great for the head, the breeze blowing in as he cycled over from Glanmire over to Black Rock and uh, like cherished memories. And look, we, I've unbelievable times with him, great memories, trips away overseas and stuff like that. And look, to all the Cork GA people, I'm sure he's look. The emotionless side of it is there at the moment, but the goodwill side of it is there as well as is rolling in and his memory is going to be uh, remembered forever in terms of what he did for Cork GA. But you know, finally, Mike, Michael and Tomas, I mean, you look at the statistics, only 14 players, 14 players in the history of the GA have ever won All-Ireland Senior Football and Hurling Medals. Eight of those 14 are from Cork, but there's only one has won hurling and football all Ireland medals in the one year, Teddy McCarthy. There's only one Teddy McCarthy. There will never be another Teddy McCarthy. A legend. Well, I think, lads, uh, on that note, and thank you so much for your thoughts uh, on Teddy. Um, we remember him well. Um, we, we grieve his loss, uh, obviously, at this particular time. Uh, so finally, our yes, Jay, Gora Anam Jewish. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, lads, we're going to have to move on, I suppose, as you inevitably do in these kind of situations. Uh, big games come on up, of course, uh, at the weekend to most, in the, the hurling in particular. Uh, some big matches to look forward to. Yeah, look, um, we're getting to the stage of, this half of the season um, where uh, provincial finals take place next weekend. Galway v. Kenny. Um, I suppose, Michael, if you ask me, um, I showed you a docket there a couple of weeks back, maybe two weeks ago, about Galway doing the double. Um, I think it's time for Galway hurlers to make a statement. Have they been impressive year to date? No. Um, have they been really tested year to date? No. But they will be tested on Sunday against Kilkenny. I expect them to win. I expect them to make a statement because um, Shefflin being involved, they weren't too far away last year. And um, I think there there is a kick left in Galway. So I expect them to be Kilkenny. Um, you know, you're always saying maybe the Kilkenny are building, rebuilding, uh, regeneration program going on there in terms of their team setup, maybe changing style as well in terms of their Highland style. That wouldn't be kind of fancy by a lot of Kilkenny followers, but um, I think they, they might come up short on this one in Galway, and I, I'm expecting a, a bit of a reaction from Galway, to be honest with you. Right, we're going to have to see how that works out, and then there's, of course, uh, another important match as well at the weekend. Yeah, there is, Michael, and look, well, I, I know Pat is probably saying, like, I'm a long playing record, but I've been raving about the Monster Championship today, and um, I'd be raving about Sunday as well because uh, I, I agree with you, Tomas. Pardon? I agree with you, Tomas. It yeah. has been unbelievable. Unbelievable championship uh, record gate receipts, record attendances. Um, weather has been fantastic. Saturday evening matches, Sunday afternoon matches has been incredible. And I know, look, Thurlis and Parky Creeve were probably people's preferred choices for uh, as a neutral venue for the match to, to, to take place there. But I admire Clare, I must say. They're really trying down the God that now we play, we play, we play in your backyard, we play at your home venue. And I think that is fantastic. I think great decision by Brian Lawn to actually say, look, let's go on. We beat them down there already. Let's go on and take them there. And from, I think, a uh, common sense approach as well for both supporters. Um, why would you put X amount of people on a given on a road back into Cork or into Tardis and everybody going in the same direction when some of the players from Clare hop over the ditch and they're in Limerick? Uh, supporters can just go down the road and there and and it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Um, I think the the game that they played already this year, the physicality, the intensity, the rivalry, the hate. You know, you could say yeah. there's a love hate relationship. It's not. There's no love there. It's pure hate. <laughs> Right, it's pure hate between them, and um, that's going to actually even increase the the intensity even further because there's a lot at stake there. And people might say, "Oh, it's a provincial final, should both bowler in the quarterfinal or semi final." No, no, you win this one, you go to a semi final, and I think that's the route Limerick want, and I think that's the route Clare want as well. And like last year's Munster final went extra time and like fantastic game and Clare. To be fair to them, what they're doing in terms of their underage structure, their academy structure. We saw last Sunday in our Ireland minor success. 
very unlucky in under 20. So things are doing are going really, really well in Clare as well at the moment. And I think Brian Lone has to take a lot of credit for that, for what he's doing with the senior team as well. So um, we know what Limerick are asked. People are, are saying, oh, they're not the team they were. They're fading. They're picking up injuries. And yes, you know, um, Declan Hanna sent the back. has gone off and most games injured. Kane Lynch hasn't really fired this year. Gerard Hagerty has had a kind of a, by his standards, a poor performance in the Munster Championship campaign. But when it mattered most last week against Cork, 20 minutes to go, oh my God, did he put up his hand and did he deliver? Got some great scores, one great possession. So look, it has been the making, has the makings of being a great hurling weekend again between Leinster and Munster Championship finals. And of course, Pat, obviously the football championship uh, continues on apace. Do you know what the football championship is kind of reminding me of? Like one of those middle distance uh, runs in the Olympic Games or, you know, European championships or whatever the case is, where everybody is kind of jostling for position and kind of keeping an eye on each other. Um, but but it's not going to it's not going to all burst into life until they get to the last lap. Well, you know, I would sort of beg to differ with you slightly, Michael. I think it's starting to heat up. I thought last weekend we had uh, teams upping the gears again and upping the tempo. The games had uh, certainly probably more intensity. Um, And I think I told you last week we talked about seven contenders, seven leading contenders. And the one thing I'm looking at the championship is the the forum of the seven contenders, the top, is so topsy-turvy. And I'll give you a quick whistle-stop tour of the top teams. I mean, Kerry, 20 minutes against Cork last Sunday, brilliant. Second half, quite poor, got a soft penalty, and only for David Clifford, they could have been in big trouble. Mayo struggled with Louts Blanket and Castlebar. Um, Tyrone had an extra man, yet it didn't look impressive against Armagh. Armagh started playing football with 10 minutes to go when they threw the shackles off. Uh, Russ Common are not in my list of seven, but I watched him against I watched him against Sligo. And if you can remember, Michael, over the, in the media and all the podcasts and all the TV stations over the last couple of weeks, Russ Common were ridiculed and castigated for their tactics against Dublin, their keeper. But I can tell you this, having watched him against I go, this Roscommon team are a series team, but they're not a one-trick pony. Against Sligo, they, they played a kicking game, they played an attacking game, they have forwards capable of shooting the lights out. So I'm adding Roscommon to that list of, of seven uh, as being serious contenders. Probably won't win in Ireland, but serious contenders. And I have to agree lately with Tomas, what he's talking about in a, in a Galway double. Okay, Galway are the only team, believe it or not, Galway are the only team in this year's football championship race for Sam Maguire with a 100% record. I, albeit in their two games in the Sam Maguire, they played against 14 men in Tyrone and last week for the last 20 minutes they played for 14 men against Westmead. Now, they weren't great against Westmead. The eight-point winning margin started them. But I like what Galway, they've improved since last year. I look at Kerry and you say, have Kerry improved since last year? And they, have Kerry evolved from champions? They haven't. I look at Galway and they say, have they improved? Yes, they have. Defensively, as good as ever. But what I like about them uh, they've, they've found John Maher, they found Hernan, uh, Killian McDade is back wing back. They have good impact from the subs. So will Galway be close to the business end? Will our Galway capable winning all that? They will. And, you know, finally, and I just say, so the forum of all the top teams has certainly been topsy-turvy. Um, you ranked them one week and the following week 
the ranking will be different. But finally, can I just say something? We we are negative about Gaelic football. And and yes, on yes, a lot of the games are a really hard watch. They're a difficult watch. Possession, hack defences, long periods with nothing happening. But I will say this, Michael, and I'll, I'll try to do it as quickly as I can. I saw three, what I felt were green shoots appearing last weekend. One... I looked at the scoring return of this of the of the of the of the sixteen matches played last week. In twelve of the matches, there was over thirty points scored out of sixteen. That's not defensive football. Thirty scores in a game of Gaelic football is good scoring any day of the week. Twelve of the sixteen. The second thing I look at, which is nice, is that next weekend for the culmination of the Sam Maguire and who qualify. Only one of the 16 teams have nothing to play for. That's clear. So 15 counties in action next weekend in the Samaga with a chance to play. But, you know, and here's my final thing. I saw something last week on common sense coming into play with Gaelic football. And people say, well, what has common sense got to do with it? Well, I'll tell you a story. When the Americans, Michael, went to the moon, uh, they discovered that the ballpoint pen didn't work on the moon. So... When they came back there, they got NASA's best brains to come up. They spent $5 billion to come up with a pin. They invented a pin which could work in space, zero gravity, upside down, and it could write on any surface known to man. When the Russians went to the moon, they brought a pencil. Common sense. Now, common sense. I saw common sense on the Gaelic football fields last weekend. A rare glimpse of common sense. And what did I see? I saw players... Faced with blanket defences, faced with 15 defenders standing in front of them. And you know what they did? They decided, do you know what? The best way, common sense, to go to get scores against the blanket is to kick over the blanket. And last weekend, we had some fantastic individual uh, point scoring exhibitions from players. Jack McCartan, eight points from play out of nine against, against Clare. Oshin Gallen, nine points. Three from play. Peter Cook from Galway, four points from play. Ender Smith, five points from play. Colin Baskin, Dublin, five points from play. McCartan and Canavan for Tyrone, three points from play. Brilliant exhibitions of point scoring, kicking from 30, 25, 30, 35, 40 metres over the blanket. So, Michael, all is not lost. Common sense is, is, is making a reappearance on the Gaelic football fields. Long may it continue. So, I, I'm very positive today, Michael. Well, that is so good to hear. Thank obviously, yes. obviously, the nice the nice weather is is uh, uh, is having a good effect on you. Obviously, down there. Well, Michael, there. Y- yet again this morning at eight thirty before my breakfast, my good wife and I we had thirty five minutes of a swim uh, down in in Kinmare Bay, and it was it just manna from heaven, Shangri-La. It is just physically and mentally oh magic. Did you have any Russians with your pat or anything that like swimming this morning? There wasn't a single person in, in the water with the two of us. Absolutely magic. A, a flat can be. Skinny, di- skinny, skinny dipping soft. Fair play. Very nice. Come on. Um, we're, we're, we're basking in some lovely weather, obviously, over the last week or two. And mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to continue uh, going forward over the next number of days. Um, but this also has to have a... Um, uh, an effect and a factor in in games because uh, if if it's a hot day, you know, down in in the Gaelic grounds or wherever you're you're going to do your hurling or your football, that has an impact on things. 
It does, and it's interesting, Pat, saying that he's he's in the seats morning and maybe every morning. And look, the way the games are, the championship has been compacted, Michael, in terms of the hurling championship. Um, you have less and less time to recover. So yeah. that, I mean, backroom teams and squads uh, are certainly are looking at this because I know for a fact, even when Cork were playing, a lot of the guys were maybe taking their day off on the Monday to go to the nearest beach into the sea to recover, have to swim in the salt water. Um, because I was taking their toll. Um, you have harder grounds at this stage, right? Harder surface. Um, and your recovery time is less, right? You know, and we kind of mentioned that in maybe one or two of the, the last episodes, like that maybe this is a conversation for another day, but the tightness of and the compactness of, of the championship. Um, and we all spoke about um, the sports scientists that are out there and recovery being a big word in terms of international sports all over the world and burnout being another one. And here we have guys six days later after kind of uh, being through physical torture in terms of the hurling championship that it is and uh, they're out again and um, there's less and less time to recover. And if you pick up a slight injury, your chances of making a team the following week yes. can be pretty slim, you know. And I think it's something that GA have to take note of. Right, it's something that we have to have a look at. Right, we can push the championship out a bit further, give a bit more time to guys to have that bit of recovery and actually, um, you know, um, feel better than themselves. Right, that this is not all over in within within a couple of weeks. You know, that we're coming, we're into June, into July, we'll be coming very quickly, and we have an all Ireland series finished. You know, I think we can push it out a bit further. I have no doubt, lads. This is a conversation that will be we and others will be going back to. Um, in the future again um, but look it is one of these at the moment uh, it's very enjoyable I have to say um, I'd like to thank the two of you for joining me and I'd like to thank you for your lovely thoughts on Teddy McCarthy of course who so suddenly passed away this week at the age of 57 talk to you again thank you and to all of you listening thank you for joining us we'll see you the next time Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.